Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. As we get into today's episode, it's a little bit of a bittersweet episode. It's our final episode from a game preview perspective, week 18, hosting the Dallas Cowboys. And now usually when we head into Dallas matchups, home, burgundy and gold, Dallas Cowboys, this is one of the, well, has been in the past, a rivalry that people got excited for. But over the last 10, 15 years, really the rivalry has died down to where it's really non-existent, unfortunately, anymore. It's it's not in the days where Washington was rolling out the hogs with Joe Gibbs and and Doug Williams and Mark Rippon and Joe Theismann, John Riggins, and the hogs getting after people. And Dallas had Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, the days of Tom Landry, Tony Dorsett. Those days are gone. And it even had some steam back in the early 2000s when... Dallas was rolling out Terrell Owens and Miles Austin, Jason Witten, Felix Jones, and Tony Romo, and Washington had Jason Campbell or even looked to RG3 and the days of Clinton Portis, LeVar Arrington, roaming that second level of defense, Sean Taylor lighting up Terrell Owens in those games down in Arlington. We haven't had that in a long time. And the we want Dallas chance at RFK shaking the stadium, there's just not that fuel to the fire anymore, unfortunately. So, with Washington and nothing to play for this week, obviously we saw what happened last week and the absolute debacle at the quarterback position and the decision by Ron Rivera to switch to Carson Wentz from Taylor Heineke. Dallas is still battling for the NFC title, NFC East title. And really, if some things come here or there, they're battling for the number one seed in the NFC to trump the Eagles, to trump the Niners. And move in front of both those guys... And get buys in the NFC playoff picture. So they're playing for something. And right now, if I'm Dallas, and I'm coming and I'm head coach Mike McCarthy, I'm looking to put Washington out of their misery early in this ballgame. Because we're going to have a brand new face. Third straight week now. And the third one this year. New quarterback under center in rookie Sam Howell. And that's where I want to stay focused today. Is on Sam Howell. And not just his potential performance, but the architecture of the offense of what Scott Turner needs to do to get the Rook in rhythm early in this ballgame. So he's not facing long down and distances, third and eights, third and nines, third and ten pluses, where you got Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons with their ears pinned back against Cornelius Lucas slash Sam Cosme and Charles Leno and making them work. And just having bodies constantly around his feet and get the young kids shell-shocked. Because at the end of the day, whether Sam Howell throws for 250 touchdowns and, excuse me, 250 yards and two touchdowns, or 200 yards and no touchdowns and a pick, you have to take everything that he does this week with a grain of salt because he's not playing next week. And most likely, you know, we won't see Sam Howell again until next September, if that is indeed the route that Washington wants to go as a starter, as QB1, come next fall. 
But kind of bringing in the lens here on Sam Howell, a fifth-round rookie out of North Carolina, I'm extremely excited to see him work. The weapons are going to be there on the outside. The injury report has not been great this week. Wednesday, Thursday, the names have gone on and on and on as far as who has missed practice. At the running back position, Antonio Gibson's now on IR. Brian Robinson was banged up against the Browns. He's been banged up this week. Jarrett Patterson and, and Jonathan Williams are probably going to get a ton of the workload this week. But outside, the Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuels, Deami Browns, Cam Sims, all those bodies look to be healthy this week. And the Cowboys secondary, now defensive coordinator Dan Quint is going to throw, I expect him to throw a ton of exotic looks at Sam Howell early in that ballgame to get him uncomfortable. Because as much as it is on our side trying to look for positive steps for Sam Howell's progression, He's trying to embarrass Sam Howell and make him look absolutely terrible. So, but again, Trayvon Diggs on the outside. This 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 is a Dallas secondary that does not scare me. And a quarterback in Sam, now it was the preseason against Carolina, against Baltimore, against Kansas City. Baltimore was his roughest outing of the preseason. But you watch him against Kansas City and his ability to pump throws outside the numbers, away from corners to the outside shoulder of receivers, his ability to make plays with his legs and off script when bodies were falling around him when he's working with the third and fourth string offensive linemen and as well the third and fourth string receivers in that aspect. Now working with the ones all week this week, I expect Sam Howell to play well. This is a kid with a ton of talent. I had a day two grade on, a third round grade to be exact, heading into last April's draft. Washington grabbed him in the fifth round, a guy that I thought had a ton of value coming in as a rookie. Because what are you to lose? You brought in Carson Wentz, you had Taylor Heineke in there. We expected Sam Howell to spend most of his time this year in a t-shirt and shorts with a headpiece in, holding a clipboard. Now, he was one play away this year when Taylor Heineke was in the ballgame. And we never saw him play. And we could have seen him if Taylor Heineke had his helmet pop off one play and Sam Howell had to come in. Or he missed a series or two because of a, a bummed ankle or a sore arm or a stinger. There's a ton of things. We could have seen Sam Howell this year, but Taylor Heineke stayed relatively healthy because we just know how tough the kid is in number four when he's under center. But now we're going to get a nice glimpse of Sam Howell, I believe, for this entire ballgame, because there's really no reason to put Taylor Heineke in the football game. Should have saw him last week, but now this week's a whole different story because you're not playing for anything. But you watch Sam Howell, and the reason why I think he's going to battle his tail off, and and not just compete, but produce this weekend, and really give this fan base something to be excited about as we move forward into another playoff-less offseason, is you watch him in North Carolina. And when you turn on the tape of him in 2020, and he's got Deami Brown, he's got Daz Newsome, he's got Michael Carter, Javante Williams, all these NFL names, a good offensive line, that was easy for him. Sitting in the pocket, no one around his feet, no one in his face, no hands to maneuver through around. His legs were really uninvolved in 2020. Just sitting clean and dissecting defenses. That's very easy to do, especially at the college level, when you're the most talented, usually the most athletic guy on the field. Then in 2021, when all those guys are gone, and granted, North Carolina had two offensive linemen, two interior guards that were taken in last year's draft, and Marcus McKeithen and Josh Azudu that went to the Giants, and they haven't had great rookie seasons, granted, but the offensive line wasn't good last year, and all those names I just said were gone. 
He involved his legs. He evolved his skill set under center to make him not just a threat with his arm, but having defenses at every single level keep an account for his arm and his legs to where they're running design QB reads, QB powers, QB, uh, QB sweeps, everything that he could do under center to keep the second level honest where they're guarding every blade of grass. And that's what I expect Scott Turner to do this weekend. A lot with what we've seen in the past, looking even back to last year with Taylor Heineke, we didn't see a lot with Taylor this year using his legs. I want athletes to be athletes. Don't let Sam Howell, don't force him into being a robot. He understands the game. He's here in the NFL for a reason. He had a ton of success in Mac Brown and the Phil Longo that's had a lot of off offensive lapses and a lot of criticism at that offense in Carolina, but he's had a ton of success and experience for a reason. Let the kid play. And now he's under fire. He's going to make mistakes. Not everything is going to be perfect because at the end of the day, I just told you guys, I had a day two grade on the kid. He fell to the fifth round in the NFL's eyes from the quarterback position for a reason. But every single year we see it. Heck, we saw Tariq Woolen, corner from UTSA, become a def rookie defensive player of the year candidate this year as a fifth round corner that the Seahawks took. Elite athlete, 4-2, jump out of the gym. Diamonds are diamonds in the rough are fell every single year. Now, Tariq was a round two guy. If you guys remember, listen to my podcast back in April and I did my final predictive mock draft. I selected Tariq in the second round for Washington. On my part, that looks great. That obviously worked out well for Seattle. But diamonds in the rough, my point is, are found every year. And Washington just has not been able to figure out the quarterback position. Really, since Mark Rippon left, RG3 was fun for a year. Kirk Cousins was fun for a few years. But we had, and Alex Smith even, was fun for a few years for obviously his tragic injury. But Washington has not been able to just stick their finger on a guy and hitch their wagon to a guy moving forward three, four, five, six years down the line to get someone under center that you know you're going to increase the performance ceiling on offense from. And when I look at Sam Howell's skill set, he is the most talented quarterback on this depth chart. And really, he's been the most talented quarterback since he arrived in April. Is that really anything that moves the needle? Oh, he's the most talented quarterback in Washington because Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke aren't that talented. No, it's not. But I'm excited for the kid to get a chance. And it is week 18. So what do you have to lose? Because at the end of the day, if Ron Rivera and his same staff are expected back next year, no matter what happens with the ownership group, we will see in these next few months what exactly happens. But if Sam showcases well, and then he gets a full spring, a full offseason, a full training camp, and a full preseason next year, to prepare with this same core group of athletes, you may start to be cooking with fire a little bit because he is very talented. Is he perfect? Again, no, there will be speed bumps. But this is going to be such a small sample size from Sam Howell of what we're going to see on Sunday in comparison to what the big picture is and really providing an evaluation window towards his projection moving into the seasons to come. And ultimately, if Ron Rivera and GM Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney 
want to make the decision to anoint him as QB1 moving into next year. Because I will bet a ton of money that Carson Wentz will not be back next year. Is Washington going to be active in the trade market? Is Washington going to be active in the draft or in free agency? I think that if anything, they'll be more active in the trade market and the draft than free agency because it's really it's a ugly free agent market outside of Lamar Jackson who's going to get a bag wherever he wants to go. But if Washington wants to quote-unquote stay cheap next year after completely falling on their face with the Carson Wentz experiment and they like what they see from Sam and they want to keep Taylor in the building as a guy that can obviously start games if need be and a guy that understands the offense and a guy that can groom Sam Howell. Sam's talked about his relationship with Carson and with Taylor this year as two veterans in the league that have taught him kind of the ins and outs of the position and how to carry yourself as a professional as a quarterback in the NFL. But Sunday, I'm just excited to see him work. He has a skill set that a locker room can rally around because a guy that isn't afraid to not just sit back and make pre-snap reads and understand what defenses are rolling to post-snap. That's what he did at Carolina as a guy that you can consider his first few years in Carolina as a pocket passer. Then in 2021, not only was he able to understand if that safety's coming down, they're running to man on the outside and I got that rat blitz off my backside. I understand where my hot routes are. Then he can create with his legs a little bit. So there's so many different things that I just like about Sam's game that I feel like he'll keep them competitive in this ballgame because that's all he's done in his entire career. And I understand the NFL is a different business. Week 18 against the Dallas Cowboys and defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, who's a damn good coordinator, who, remember, received a ton of interest last year for head coaching positions, and I'm sure he'll receive a ton this year in the offseason. Look, it's different than going against third stringers in the preseason. It's a completely different beast, and Dallas is playing for something. And they got bodies on the defensive side of the ball. But if I have a quarterback that I understand has the arm talent to pump throws, the IQ of playing the quarterback position to understand what he's looking at, who's going to be open, and not have to play hero ball every single time and every single passing down, Taking what's given, that's what is probably going to be pumped into his headset and what's been talked about all week is taking, just take what's being given to you from a defensive perspective. I also see a guy that's not afraid to take shots because he has the arm strength to do so. And hopefully if I'm Scott Turner and he wants to let it rip a little bit and let Terry and Jahan make some plays downfield, let that thing rip. Trayvon Diggs is an absolute turnstile on the outside. Say whatever you want about his ball production. I get it. But from a pure coverage standpoint, mano e mano, I lined up against Terry McLaurin or I'm lined up against Jahan Dotson, I'm taking my guys over Trayvon Diggs every single day of the week. Remember last year, he allowed the most yards in coverage out of any corner in the NFL. And this year, he's right towards the top again. He's a turnstile on the outside. Why haven't you heard a ton about him this year? Well, not just because he's in Dallas and they try to make... Dallas always seemed like they're the best thing since sliced bread, but he's not because he, he's not because he's getting his ball production this year. It's not because every seven, eight passes because he's coming off his man and leaving his guy open in coverage. That he's just reading downhill and making plays in the football. He hasn't had 10, 11 picks. He doesn't have that ball production this year. So I expect Sam Howell to attack these corners on the outside. They do not scare me. Now, from a run game perspective, I think Washington's going to have to run the ball with some success this week. I would like to see them win this ball game. I'm sure a lot of you out there probably want to see them be competitive but lose the ball game for draft position. 
But my thing is, folks, if you do your job as a football staff, as a talent evaluating staff, as a scouting staff, and you're sitting there at the 14th pick right now, and you win, and you bump down to 17, let's just say 17, where we've been really in that that group of picks, that 13 to 19, the last few years with Ron Rivera in town, you can find your guy there. Whether we whether Washington's looking at a tackle or a corner. A lot of different things are going to be talked about positions. We're going to get into the draft as we move into the offseason starting next week. But for this week, if it's Jarrett Patterson and Jonathan Williams, I like what I've seen from Jonathan Williams. We saw Jarrett Patterson get some reps as a kick returner last week. Let guys get opportunities. See who can play for you. Some of the young guys on defense, Percy Butler, throw him in there. Let him play 80% of the snaps. Who the hell cares? See what you got for next year. You used an early day three pick on the kid. See what he can give you as a rangy safety from Louisiana Lafayette. That's a heck of a player. Didn't get a ton of reps this year, obviously, because of the deep safeties room. But if Cam Curl can't go, if they want to hold out some guys and allow these younger guys to play, Jeremy Reeves deserves more snaps. Again, another safety in that crowded room. Let guys play. Let the young dudes play. Look at Dax Milne at receiver. Who knows? A lot of these younger players, Chris Paul, maybe he's active. Maybe he gets some snap at guard. I mean, I don't want to use this week as a preseason game because you do want to be competitive and you do want to try to win the football game because you don't just want to roll out fourth stringers with Sam Howell under center and get the kid killed. And I, do I expect Chris Paul to be active this week? No, I don't. I expect it to be a veteran front five in front of Sam this week. I expect Jonathan Williams to start. And I expect Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, that trio of tight ends to be there. And the names that I mentioned on the outside to all be there on offense. But if Washington wants to look at certain players to say, hey, are we bringing him back next year? The FAO Bottas, the David Bottas, up in the middle, the International Pathway Program player who's been in the Burgundy Gold for a long time. He got a, his first opportunity last week for some snaps. Good for him. But this is a situation where they want to see what they got. John Bostic, see if he's healthy. David Mayo, is he coming back another year? Probably not. I, I, I sure hope not. they got to get some talent at the second level of this defense if they ever want to improve. I think we've seen some improvements, especially during the meat of the season this year from Jamin Davis. But as a first-round guy... Moving in and now almost the end of his second year. I don't know if he's lived up to expectations in Ron's eyes. He hasn't for me. I know losing Cole Holcomb, Jamin's kind of had a one-man show at the second level. Derek Forrest has done a really nice job coming down to the second level as a coverage man and making plays in the run game and the flat areas of the offense, working outside on running backs and tight ends. But this is a case for me for this game is where I'm putting guys in that I want to see more of. And Sam is one of those guys. I'm extremely excited to see him work this week because of the potential that he has. And I also want you guys to understand that that word potential is really scary because potential in the NFL gets coaches fired, right? The potential of Jamin Davis becoming an elite second-level defender. The potential of the 33-inch-armed Benjamin St. Juice on the outside becoming a CB1. The potential of Sam Cosby becoming an elite right tackle because of the athleticism that he has. Potential gets coaches fired. 
and Jamin and Benjamin St. Just and Sam Cosme are all second-year guys that we expected more of this year and really didn't live up to expectations. The biggest one for me was St. Just. You look back to the early parts of this year against Philadelphia when he's aligning opposite of A.J. Brown and aligning opposite Devontae Smith, and he looked really good, really being thrown into the fire. Are you going to sink or are you going to swim? And he swam in those facets of those games where he was tested on the outside. He's got all the tools in the world as a third rounder out of the Big Ten to become a CB1 in this defense. And moving into next year, is Kendall Fuller going to be around? Possibly. He was good the back end of the year. He wasn't great against Cleveland and Amari Cooper. Remember, two touchdowns on three catches over 100 yards last week. Not good. It wasn't all Kendall's fault. I get that. But I want to see these guys healthy. They got to produce. These is this is this These guys are your draft capital. They have to produce. I don't care where you're drafted, what round, what decal you had on your helmet, or how many stars you had as a high school recruit. If you could play on my team, you're going to play. And it's about snaps. And I can constantly think about guys like Danny Johnson and Jeremy Reeves. Jeremy Reeves from South Alabama. Danny Johnson from Southern University and HBCU. These guys, and that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. If you can play, you can play. Guys that consistently battled their ass off the last handful of years coming over from the Jay Gruden regime and consistently showing that they deserve snaps. Even a guy like Cam Sims. Now, he's kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum as a guy from Alabama and had success for the Crimson Tide. But just multiple years where we really have said, ah, I would like to see Cam Sims get some more snaps. And he hasn't. And I just don't think there's a path for snaps in Washington for him because of a deep receiver's room and the capital that Washington has used at the position in the last few years. They just paid Terry. They just drafted Jahan in the first round. They drafted Yami Brown on day two. They signed Curtis Samuel in free agency last year. So in the grand scheme of things, you know, they got to get something out of these younger players, especially these year two guys. After now I'm on the train of, of criticizing the year two guys with St. Just. Cosme and Jamin Davis, this is end of year two. This is not just the third week of your rookie season. You got to see progression. And as we know, the best ability in the NFL is availability. You got to stay available and active to reach your performance ceiling. And especially guys like St. Houston Cosme, I tip my cap to Jamin Davis for consistently battling his tail off. He's not perfect, but he's out there every week. He's trying. We, he's shown some signs of improvement. But for Cosme and St. Juiced, constantly in and out of the lineup, I want to see them healthy as much as possible because they have a ton of potential. They do. To be really good core players on either side of the ball for the Burgundy and Gold. But the biggest thing for me this week is getting Sam Howell comfortable in this offense. This is an offense that is not quarterback friendly. You've heard quarterbacks in the past talk about how this offense has not been QB friendly. You've heard Ryan Fitzpatrick talk about it. You've heard Dwayne, when Dwayne Haskins was here and the situation with him moving into year two of how Scott Turner really didn't evolve his offense to meet the skill set of his quarterbacks. You look at Taylor Heineke and you look at Carson Wentz. Two opposite ends of the spectrum when you look at skill sets under center. Sam Howell is more similar to Taylor Heineke than he is Carson Wentz. 
not just from a stature perspective or a mobility perspective, because from an arm strength perspective, Sam Howell is right, right alongside Carson Wentz. He's got a heck, he's got a little bit of a cannon on his right arm. He can sling it around a little bit. And I think he will on Sunday. But getting him in rhythm early is going to be extremely important in these first few series of the game. I don't want him running these mesh points for a second and a half reading downfield and allowing these guys to get closer with him on the on his outside shoulders. I want quick slants. I want screens. If you want to run some QB powers and QB draws to get his body involved a little bit into the ball game, that's fine. But play actions, four or five seconds, sitting in the pocket, that's not going to work this week. It's just not. And all it takes is sack here and a pressure or two on consecutive plays here, a batted throw here. First two series, you go three and out. Your confidence is shot. That's all it takes sometimes. But then on the opposite end of the spectrum, sometimes it all takes that metaphorical light bulb to switch. Hey, I hit Terry on a six-yard comeback here. I just hit Jahan on a 15-yard seven route here. There's a lot of different things to get him involved early in this ballgame from a rhythm perspective that is the most important thing in this ballgame. It's not just microscoping Sam and saying, oh, he has talent, he should be good. It's the architecture and conceptually what Scott Turner wants to do from an offensive offensive play caller perspective, excuse me, in this offense for Sam this week to get him comfortable, to get his feet wet, so he allows him to get in rhythm as they move into the early portions of this ballgame. So that is going to do it for today's podcast. Again, no preview. If you're curious about the entire Dallas roster, you can go back to my early preview of their offense and defense back in week four when Washington lost 25-10 in Dallas. But today, I'm focusing on the Burgundy Gold. I'm focusing on Sam Howell. And I hope you guys enjoyed. If you did, please leave a like, like, review, share, subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. If you don't already, you can give me a follow on Twitter, underscore Ryan Fowler. Again, hope you guys enjoyed all of our previews and post-game recaps this year. We're going to have all those again next year. I'm just really happy, again, for the community that we've built here with Commanding the Huddle. I'm excited for the offseason. I hope you guys are looking forward to just how this roster is going to be built. I will take you along each step of the way. Free agency, the draft, heading into these next few weeks as far as the Senior Bowl, the Shrine Bowl, guys that stood out at those events, guys that I feel from a scheme fit perspective are going to be fits in Washington moving in to the 2023 NFL Draft and the NFL offseason here moving into the spring and the summer in these next few months. So it is 2023 now. We have the eyes towards the horizon, right? And into the future, We're trying to focus on positives. Sam Howell is a positive. I think he's going to showcase well this week. If he doesn't, take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt and don't think the world is ending because Sam Howell in his first start against a good Dallas defense and one of the best defensive coordinators in this league that understands how to make things tough at the quarterback position, that he's just a quote-unquote bust because that's always the word that people use. They don't like what they see and they get spoiled at the quarterback position. It takes time. It takes development. And letting the kid play in week 18 is a good decision and I'm happy that we learned from last week, unfortunately, 
to where we didn't make the right decision at whoever played quarterback with Carson instead of Taylor. Now this week, Sam getting an opportunity. I'm excited to see what the rookie, fifth round rookie out of North Carolina can do. But again, this entire offseason, I'll take you through each and every step, pre-draft visits, what I'm hearing out of Ashburn, talking to agents and scouts around the league about guys that Washington is targeting. We're going to go through it all in these next few months, but that is our last pre-game preview of the year. It's crazy. It's gone by extremely quick. It, it is wild to think that we are already 18 weeks through this thing, but I will have a podcast out for you guys on Monday, recapping not only the Dallas game, but just wrapping the entire season up. We'll have a ton of episodes and podcasts previewing you down the road as far as recapping each positional group, what I liked, what I didn't like, roster moves as we're moving forward. We're going to have a ton of guests on the podcast this offseason, players, agents of players. We're going to have scouts on. Already got a few Washington scouts lined up to jump on and chat about the upcoming draft and prospects to like maybe guys that they don't like just some good banter back and forth on this upcoming 2023 nfl draft so again appreciate you tuning in we'll talk to you on monday i'm ryan fowler from the draft network and this is commanding the huddle thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.